The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. The Explorers podcast is sponsored by RM Capital, a provider of specialist small to mid-cap corporate advisory and boutique wealth management services. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perrow columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We're off to French-speaking Gabon in central West Africa today, where Apollo Minerals is working on proving up the province-scale potential of its Crusoe zinc-lead project in the west of the country, a country probably best known in mining circles here for its long history as a manganese producer. Apollo trades under the code AON, or Alpha Oscar November, and was last quoted at 10.5 cents for a market cap of about 41 million. Its shares have performed well in the last 12 months too. That reflects two things, the province scale potential of the Crusoe project and the fact that investors are turned on to the strong price performance of both zinc and lead. Zinc at $1.36 US a pound is up by 33% on its average for calendar 2020, while lead is 22% higher at US $1.06 a pound. Apollo entered the project in September 2019 and is having a busy year with its maiden drilling program. Some impressive drill results have been reported too from a number of prospects, so there's a strong news flow from this one. We have Apollo Executive Director Neil Inwood with us today to bring us up to speed with the Apollo story. G'day Neil, welcome to the podcast. Hey Barry, thanks for having me. And it'll be uh, great if you could give listeners a bit of a professional background on yourself. Certainly, Barry. Look, I'm a uh, professional geologist. I've been in the industry for about uh, 25 years. I have a background in uh, gold with uh, Barrick Gold for about nine years. And then I was consulting for approximately 10 years after that. Most notably, I was the principal resource consultant with Coffee Mining before I left and also heavily involved in the uranium space uh, back in the previous uranium boom. Since that time, I've been involved more in venture capital and also uh, more recently running uh, Burkett Minerals, which was a cobalt explorer in in Europe. I've, I've got a master's in geology. I'm a, I'm a technical geologist. Uh, I quite enjoy the rocks, but also enjoy the uh, the business aspect as well. For myself, I was, I was talking with the broader Apollo group uh, last year and um, and this project was mentioned and, and it actually uh, caught my eye, especially on, on the on the scale potential of, of the project. For me, this was actually quite a quite a neat project to get involved with. Now, Gabon, uh, probably not well known in this market as a mining investment destination, although I did mention its long uh, production history of manganese. But if you could give us a feel for the country in terms of its stability and its attractiveness as a place to be exploring. Oh, ab- absolutely. Look, uh, Gabon... It's in West Africa, French West Africa. Uh, it's a fresh French-speaking uh, country. Uh, Modern Mining Act. It was uh, it was up, updated a few years ago. Uh, we found it's actually very very good to be um, operating in well functioning functioning government, uh, well functioning bureaucracy, really good infrastructure, uh, great people to deal with, and uh, and quite a quite a good technical base in country as well. So there's been. Um, some major operating mines in the country. They've got a good mining history. Uh, the mines department, you know, they're, they're quite experienced in, in dealing with mining projects, you know, licensing through to permitting. 
which which we've quite enjoyed that process dealing with the mines department. Mm-hmm. And um, it's quite a rich country as well. I think it's uh, the fifth richest by GDP in Africa. They've got quite a large oil and gas industry, which is kind of a bit of the backbone of the the country. There's been a manganese project uh, mining for 40 years with Aramet, quite a large European uh, company. You know, even in COVID days, we actually found operating very effective in Gabon. There's good local infrastructure support, like heavy machinery, skilled, you know, labour, mm-hmm. and even getting expats into the country. There's a there's a process to get in the country, um, even in these COVID COVID days. And uh, we actually sourced a lot of our technical um, geologists actually from France or from French-speaking Africa, and that's actually working quite well for us as well. Mm-hmm. So do you have a few uh, French speakers on the payroll? Oh, absolutely. Our exploration manager, Cédric Genest, he's based in France. I shall be learning French a bit myself, uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, I think, required going forward. And on our board, we've got John Wellborn. So John's actually worked a fair bit in West Africa and is a fluent French speaker as well. So mm. a couple of the directors speak French and definitely all of our technical staff speak French as well. If you could give us a bit of a feel for the history of the project and what it is about the project that gives you that sense that you might be onto a province scale opportunity. Absolutely, uh, Barry. Look, this is what I think is one of the most exciting aspects about the project. The um, In the 70s and 80s, the project project was explored by the uh, BRGM, the French Geological Survey, and they, they identified the um, you know, initial occurrences of, of zinc lead mineralisation in the, in the region. What makes it exciting is they were focused on lead, which is galena, it's a silvery sulphide mineral. And when they were drilling the project, they drilled hundreds of holes, but they'd only sample them if they could see galena in the core. And we've inherited this database. Before us, uh, Trek, resources were exploring the project and they drilled about three dozen holes, quite successful I might add. And they noticed that when they were drilling next to the French holes, they were getting, you know, two or three, you know, times more mineralization that was seen previously because they were sampling the, com- the complete hole. Mm. And through our work uh, this year, what we're re- realizing more and more is that often we're getting quite broad regions of mineralization and it's not a lead zinc deposit, it's actually a zinc rich deposit which is sphalerite, and the sphalerite doesn't look as obvious as the galena. So we think the previous explorers had missampling a lot of the mineralisation because they're focused on the uh, on the galena. Hmm. And, and definitely with our recent drill results, we're seeing more and more that we're seeing more mineralisation than was indicated by any of the historical BRGM drilling. And our drilling is supporting the really good results that Trek was getting in, in say, 2017, 2018. Uh, BRGM, of course, famous for... Uh exploration it's conducted throughout Africa mm. and generally speaking is correct that uh, with this project um, they, their work has more or less pointed to about 150 mil, uh, mineral occurrences over about 70 k's of strike well ab- absolutely we, we have a, a trend a broad trend of over 80 kilometers and we call this the strike trend but within that there's 18 identified prospects with, with identified mineralization and only four of these have ever been drilled. Uh, we're, we've been um, recently an- uh, announcing the results from the Dukaki Prospect, where we've drilled uh, some 45 drill holes, and we kind of we've got the first 25 back from the lab. Um, and the drilling at Dukaki has been, you know, quite successful. We think, and we've just started drilling at the second prospect, which is Nyambabimbu. And at Nyambabimbu. There's been no drilling previously, yet there's been rock chip assays of up to 25% zinc and lead. 
So this is the first drilling now in a undrilled prospect where we are seeing initial indications of sulphite mineralization. As a company, we've tested two of these prospects and we think we're seeing some very good indications of mineralization. There's another 16 to go, which we haven't touched on yet. So when we say this is a prospect scale deposit, we mean that over this 80 kilometers of broad strike, there's 18 really good opportunities here for mineralization. Why uh, did you start at Takaki? Well, to be honest, uh, partly access. So we started drilling when it was still slightly in the wet season. So we, we had better road access there. Also, Dukaki had some of the you know, more drilling than the other, than the other projects uh, previously. Mm. And as it turns out, all the drilling we're seeing at Dukaki that we've done is actually significantly better than especially the French drilling. So we actually think Dukaki has very good potential to be a standalone project. And then... As we've entered the dry season, we've moved to near Bimbu, and that's where we're drilling at the moment. And this is, again, that area which has had no previous drilling. So partly due to access, partly we thought at that stage it was the better-looking prospect. But, you know, it, this is really a developing story. We, we, we need mm. to get to those other prospects as well, which have just as good as potential as Dukaki. I was wondering if you can put some geological context around, uh, I believe it's what sediment hosted in preserved channels, very wide channels on basement rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's, uh, very similar to a um, Mississippi Valley type mineralisation. So we're getting young sediments, which are onlapping into an older crystalline basement. As it is, I... Oh, I, we actually think the system's still live, that it's still generating mineralisation. We look at some of the core we're, we're getting. So this is not too dissimilar, for, say, to other zinc-led projects which are getting popular on, on the market at the moment. For example, Rumble's project, Earhardy. Yep. Um, we're getting a zinc-led mineralisation which is coming through, through groundwater into young sediments and it's depositing in areas where the water can flow through, so into more porous sediments. Mm. And we're seeing about four or five different styles of mineralisation, all associated with where these groundwaters are flowing through. So when you get this uh, sort of uh, extensive flat-lying mineralisation, obviously close to surface as well here. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's quite exciting for us is, and you've hit it on the head there, Barry, we're seeing shallow flat-lying mineralisation. So at Dukaki, the average depth to um, mineralisation from our assays is about 15 to 18 metres um, we're seeing broad intercepts, you know, for example, you know, up to, you know, 11 metres at three. I think we had 20 metres at uh, three uh, in, in the previous results as well. So quite shallow, flat-lying, broad sections. So the, the last uh, announcement we put out on the 1st of September, we're seeing the sections are still open for up to 400 metres on section. And we think this system has potential to link up for over... Um, over two, three kilometres. Yeah, so it's quite it's quite exciting for us. Given the nature of uh, the mineralisation, which you've just described, are you are you at all possible at this stage to put at least an exploration target? Um, yeah, a lot of people have been asking me that question. Um, actually, I should point out too that we're also seeing the mineralisation sulphide from surface. So often these systems have, uh, in Australia, for example, have an oxide portion. From what we're seeing at the moment, it's all sulphide. Um, look, an exploration target... I am hesitant to put one on Dukaki yet because I'd like to just kind of expand out our drilling. But um, I think as a geologist, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, a channel with eight kilometres of trend, which I don't think has been drill tested very well at all, with widths up to 400 metres wide. So, look, 
we'll be looking at that in the future. But then I've, I've got 17 other prospects as well with, with nary a drill hole in it. So it's kind of hard to put an expir- expiration target on those bad boys. So you're drilling as we speak at the second uh, prospect? Yes, yeah. So we're um, we're about uh, two dozen holes into uh, the drilling at Niambibimbu. We, um, the other week we put out an announcement just highlighting that we're seeing uh, base metal sulphide minerals in the drilling mm-hmm. and, and, and especially that first section at Niambibimbu it seems to be quite shallow as well and looks very similar in characteristics to what we're seeing at Dukaki. So mm-hmm. very much a developing story at Niamabimbu. And how far is that from Dukaki? Oh, that's about 16 kilometres south. So this is, again, one of those uh, 18 prospects. Mm-hmm. And the way, the way these prospects work is they're the little channels which go into the into the crystalline basement. And when I say I've got eight, 80 kilometres of, of, of strike, that's kind of like from north to south. Each of these channels has about, oh, crumbs, you know, six to eight kilometres of prospective uh, valley contacts as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite a considerable amount of prospective uh, geology that we're testing. I think uh, we all know from our school geography days that uh, Gabon is not landlocked, but I'm just wondering infrastructure-wise, Say so you were to come up with a, a big mining project on your hands, what would uh, what infrastructure is there to support a development in the future? Oh, no, oh, great, great question. So um, coming into our project, we've got the, the sealed N1 um, National Road, which which terminates about 30, 40 kilometres from the project. And then we have uh, these, uh, you know, well-established uh, uh country dirt roads, a bit like you'd see in, in the outback of WA to some of the towns. Mm-hmm. And then from the town, um, it's about 20 k's to our project from the nearest town. And there's a, at Dukaki, for example, there's a logging track. And that's that's like a, it's almost like a dual lane highway on mm-hmm. you know, down, you know, dirt road. So quite a well-established road. Um, the beauty of Dukaki too is we're actually uh, about 15, 20 kilometres away from the nearest town. So we're not impinging on um, any population. We've got okay. really good support from the local community and the um, you know, local and state government. Um, so one potential solution there is uh, is road haulage along pre-established tracks. There's also potential for um, barge haulage further down uh, to the to the west, and there's some there's there's some existing barge solutions which go to the port Gentile, which is a major port in Gabon as well. So look, in a nutshell, there's maybe you know, a 250 kilometre haulage to Libreville in one mm. one direction, or there's potential barge solution to the west as well. Uh, compared with uh, WA, not bad then. Oh no, it's 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 really good, really good. Uh, importantly. Um with these uh, type of deposits, uh, you mentioned the oxide, no oxides, but I was just wondering, a uh, network, have you done any network? Yeah, yeah, there has been. There's, there's some high-level network done in uh, 2018, and this was um, this was to test the, the high-level flotation of the mineralisation, and that that work came in very well. Uh, they're seeing um, over 90% uh, flotation recoveries from both the lead concentrate and the zinc concentrate. So part of the plans for this year's work, we'll get some more test work to try and fine-tune Mm-hmm. that metallurgical process. And we're also going to look at um, options for beneficiation as well because we look at some of these mineralisation styles, we think they'd have good potential for beneficiation um, in that process too. Right. Now, I mentioned uh, price strength around zinc. What's uh, what's your read on the zinc market? Strong. I think, um, you know, z- zinc's used for, um, you know, predominantly in, in steel uh, to prevent corrosion. It's also used uh, nutrients 
there's, there's talk in the future too of some uh, zinc air batteries. LED's got a strong usage in car batteries, which even with the, you know, the advent and the increase of electric vehicles, most electric cars actually have a backup battery, which is a lead acid um, battery as well. So I, I think the base drivers are quite strong. I think the economy is looking to pick up. Um, increased steel production, increased car production, et cetera, et cetera. We'll, we'll keep on leading to an increased uh, requirement for, for zinc and lead. Just mentioned lead death. There's uh, no EVs in my street yet. Um, <laughs> and I've just been through a Melbourne winter where I've uh, had to replace the batteries <laughs> in one of the cars. So there you go. All right. <laughs> so uh, in terms of news flow, uh, if we can just get a feel for what we should be looking out for in uh, the coming months. Absolutely. So we've got uh, several batches of results uh, which have been sent, uh, so batches of samples, sorry, which have been sent from Libreville to Perth. So they're, um, they're already in the process now. Some are at the lab, some are in transit. And, you know, in the coming weeks, we expect to get more and more results from Dukaki, and then we'll start getting the results from the Mbimbu coming through. Um, and also, we'd be looking at potentially supply some you know, updates on our regional exploration and also some of our uh, geophysical exploration as well. So we think there's uh, be quite a few positive news flow events leading up from now to the end of the year. Sounds like you've, you're sport for choice in terms of uh, the drilling campaign, the scale of it. So you, you're funded to uh, keep up the pace for a while? Yeah, no, we are. We're, we're well funded for this year's exploration. Thanks, uh, thanks, Barry. We had uh, just a bit over $3 million at the end of, uh, end of June. And um, what, what we have done, we've locked in a, a quite a reasonable uh, drilling rate per metre rate with a local uh, drilling supplier. So mm. we've got a good control on the costs in country. We've got a nice tight little team on site. And uh, so this enables us to do drilling at the key projects. And also we've actually doing some greenfields exploration as well. And we're just sending over now some passive seismic gear to start doing some seismic lines as well, which will help us uh, lead into next year's exploration. Okay. Now, given the potential scale of the opportunity there, I was just wondering whether, uh, and the, you know, the performance of zinc lead, uh, I was just wondering what the level of institutional support on the register was like at this stage. Look, we're getting some really good feedback. Uh, with, there's strong support out of uh, Europe, UK and Germany for the project and um, talking to the broking houses in Perth as well, there's, there's actually quite a, quite a fair bit of interest. So obviously uh, part of my job is to you know, be selling this story, talking to people, mm-hmm. and that's um, especially what we're doing right now um, as, as, we, as we are getting the news flow events coming through. Um, but look, I, I'd say quite positive, Barry. Well, there we go, folks. So, uh, an emerging zinc-led story, uh, one with uh, some real scale to it and uh, happening as we speak. So good luck with it all, Neil, and thanks for your time today. Great. Thanks, Barry. Thank, thank you for, uh, for talking to me. This episode of the Explorers podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe.